Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 73 of the Between You and Me podcast, the podcast where music makers talk about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. Are you ready to talk about whether or not God's good while we're waiting for a healing that may or may not happen? I sure am. Let's go. Welcome to the latest episode of Between You and Me. My name is Jessica Morris. I'm a music journalist and Aussie expat. And every week it is my delight to talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. And my gosh, in 2020, is there a lot to talk about? My hope is that this podcast finds a home with you if you are a questioner, if you are a misfit, if you are a recovering church kid like myself, or if you're just curious. This week, we are speaking to a wonderful singer-songwriter and worship leader, Jamie Jam Goshen. Now, if you guys have lived in Nashville for any period of time, I'm sure you've heard of Jamie. Jamie has been part of the Christian music industry for well over 15 years now. She's a staple in it, but she's actually only just released her first album in about a decade, and that's because she recently actually experienced a diagnosis with Lyme disease and was healed of it. And now she's singing and writing and talking about her incredible story. So I am so delighted to share my interview with Jamie with you guys. Jamie and I crossed paths a few times when I lived in Nashville. Jamie actually was part of the team who pioneered the Belonging Code Church, which I attended when I lived there. Uh, And I know she prayed for me a couple of times. We also have some mutual friends. So when we connected, it was this moment of like, do we know each other? You're familiar. It could be that there are lots of Aussie accents around you. But in any case, Jamie spoke to me like a friend. And that was so nice. Um, And you know what was really cool about her is that she opened the interview by saying, hi, tell me about yourself. Like, what do do you do with yourself? Um, And basically got the down low, like, are you single? Are you married? Where do you live? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Um, And she managed to completely disarm me and and find out about me in the space of a few short minutes. Um, And I'm more than willing to share that information, but it was... It was something that's quite unusual because normally we go, I go into interviews with a set of questions and we sort of just do a bit of explaining a slightly awkward conversation as we get to know each other and then dive right in. But Jamie just wanted to get to know me and that was such a gift and so delightful. Um, somehow we came out of this interview with her agreeing that she would find me an American husband and I would find her an Australian husband. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But in any case, if you're Australian and looking and awesome and love Jesus, Jamie is awesome. So anyway, guys, here is a short bio about Jamie, the who, what, when, where, why. And then we're going to dive straight into this interview. I hope that it really encourages you. Um, if you've ever asked oh my gosh, God, where are you? You promised me something big or something good and it's not happening. Or why am I sick? Why am I experiencing this pain? Where are you, God? I think you will relate to this interview. So let's go. Here is Jamie Jam Goshen. Anyone who lives in Nashville and works in Christian music knows Jamie Jam Goshen. Since she became a Christian at age 21, the powerhouse vocalist, songwriter, teacher and worshipper has made her mark on Christian music. She trained at Berklee College of Music in Boston and then moved to Seattle, Washington to complete an internship at the City Church. 
She was there for seven years, and during this time she released her first independent album titled Jamie. This was quickly followed by her record Reason to Live in 2004. Through this process, Jamie was heard and discovered by Centricity Music, one of the biggest and most iconic prolific Christian labels today. She became one of the first artists signed to the label, and her first Centricity record was a re-release of Reason to Live in 2006. Its follow-up, Hear My Worship, became the biggest song of her career. It was number one on the Christian charts, and after a stint on the Girls of Grace tour, have you heard of a more naughty's Christian concert name? Jamie stamped herself as a definitive presence in Christian music. After multiple EPs, Jamie's third album, Above the Noise, dropped in 2008, and it saw her work with David Zafiro and Nathan Knuckles. The pop worship album would be her last full-length release for over a decade, paving the way for her to move to Nashville, Tennessee. She released the single Everything You Are with Centricity in 2012 and focused on songwriting and travelling as a speaker and worship leader across the world. In 2013, Jamie helped pioneer at the church The Belonging Co with Aussie pastors Henry and Alex Seeley, and she pastored there for some years as the influential and charismatic church boomed, becoming a hub for upcoming musicians, people associated with the industry like myself, and some of Christian music's biggest names. In 2015, Jamie also released her book Modest is Hottest, adding to her repertoire as she ministered. Come 2018, life took a turn when she was diagnosed with Lyme disease. She returned to Massachusetts to be with her family and sought medical treatment, and in the years since has navigated healing and health. With the intention of touring and sharing her story of healing in 2020, Jamie began working on her new album, All Things. And despite the fact that this year definitely took a turn with COVID and the music industry all but shut down, Jamie has still created a beautiful album chronicling her change, growth and healing in the past decade. Co-written with everyone from Mia Felds, Michael Farron, Big Daddy Weaves' Jeremy Redman, We The Kingdom's Andrew Berthgold, and Hawk Nelson's Michael Cooper, well, that's just to name a few. Let's just say that this album blends Jamie's love of worship music with honest retellings of her story about healing, waiting, and hoping. And all going well, she also hopes to have another book out about her journey in 2021. I spoke to Jamie about what prompted her to release new music in 2020, how she managed to believe in God's goodness when she was sick and why she chooses to be vulnerable and talk about waiting. Guys, Jamie Jamgoshen is a powerhouse. She is full of joy and she's delight. Please meet Jamie Jamgoshen. So people first met you in about 2003 when you released your first album. How is Jamie Jamgoshen different in 2020 from Jamie in 2003. Oh, oh my gosh. It's not easy. Yeah, I am so bad with math, so I'm not even going to try to figure out how, what, what age I was then, but I am a different person than when I was 23. I I probably, I was a new Christian. I was, I mean, I hope I'm still so in love with God, but I was definitely like, wow, like God blew my mind so quick. I got saved at 21 studying jazz piano at Berkeley College of Music. Very quickly, I graduated that year, and very quickly he led my steps to Seattle, Washington, <laughs> where I got to be part of an incredible internship, um, almost like a Bible college, I'd say, um, for two years. And it was there that I learned about worship and worship music and becoming a worship leader. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything about that. I just love music, and when my heart changed for the Lord I just wanted to sing about it you know mm -hmm. and so 
I was a new Christian, a new worship leader, writing songs now about God, and then I get a record deal. Like that's amazing. Know, like all these things, like God just blowing my mind. And I love how He does that. I think He knows like what we need when we need it. Even though sometimes I'm like, "Gosh, your timetable is really interesting, Lord." <laughs> uh, but um, so yeah, I was probably at 23. I was just releasing my. I think it was. I think. I think at 23, actually, that would have been my first independent album. Yeah. And then I, I hadn't partnered. I don't think yet with Centricity until. 2005 or 6 maybe when my first real album came out with them called Jamie mm-hmm. is that the album you're referencing I think so I was legitimately on new release today researching okay. it so I would say so yeah. yeah yeah so that was my first full-length album with Centricity and um what a dream that was we got in the studio with um almost a full string uh orchestra it wasn't the full and i'm drawing a blank it wasn't a quartet it wasn't the full somewhere in between and um we we made that first album and i just i think still my my heart hasn't changed in the sense that i still want to write songs that draw people closer to the heart of god and i still want to write songs that bring people hope now the journey has been so interesting from then until now i have walked through so many different valleys and mountaintops from that age to now but i think the heart behind what i do and the purpose and the vision and the mission is still the same yeah decade since you released your last full-length album um and I know that in that time you've been super busy uh helping to create a church and leading worship Uh and speaking all sorts of stuff but why why was 2020 the year when you decided to release a new album oh my gosh I didn't pick it that's for (laughs) sure um 2019 
was filled, 2018 and 2019 was filled with overcoming some health challenges. And during that time, it was a real low season for me. But during that time, I would always pull out either songs I had started or demos or, and just be like, I know there's another album in me, but I don't know how or when. And then I kind of hit rock bottom um, health-wise in as I was crawling out of that season, I got invited to be a worship leader on a tour called the Aspire Women's Event Tour, and it just really was a perfect fit. I thought I had laid down kind of full-time touring, um, but it was a perfect fit for just my career, my musicality, all of that, the, the way I love to lead, the women, all of it, um, women's ministry. So once I started doing some test dates with them, um, fall of 2019, I knew I was going to need a new product because I was selling like old, old albums. Oh, yes. so honestly, part yeah. of it was necessity, but part of it was I wanted to sing about what I had walked through in that valley and what that looked like. And I, I wanted songs that related to that season. Cause I tell my story a lot and, um, I, I share a lot during my live concerts and, and worship nights. And I didn't have any albums that reflected that. So the plan was, let's get a new album together for all the touring I'm going to be doing in 2020. But the best all the plans. touring in 2020 did not happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear that. Um, you're, I, I was reading through the press release in preparation for this. Um, and... What's really what was really interesting to me is that you, even though you have such a, a long-standing career um, and and you've remained resilient through that, that you've chosen to speak about like your more recent health struggles with Lyme disease um, and be really transparent with that, even though you already had essentially in, in my mind you already had like an audience and people who love your music, but you've actually chosen to reveal more of yourself to them. Um, yeah. Why, why have you chosen to actually like be vulnerable again in this, in this way, in something that's somewhat really recent? You know, <laughs> I think that when that happened, I mean, I knew it, to me, I knew it was a enemy assignment in a, in a lot of ways because it, it, it was a massive setback and it brought me to some dark places and I don't think anything we walk through with God, like I think the enemy wins when we just navigate it alone, don't tell anyone, don't testify, hold it inside. I think where the real victory is, is when we then are on the other side of something and then can help other people get to their breakthrough and get to their healing. And so I always knew there was going to be a story. I always knew I was going to be healed. I didn't know how. Wow. Um, and that even happened in such a random way. I mean, we can talk about that like a healing story if you want, but mm -hmm. it wasn't how I thought it was going to come. And so my greatest desire now is, I, I mean, I don't think it's being vulnerable. If I'm being honest, I think it's like a, a calling to let people know that like just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to have really hard seasons and you're going to navigate really rough things. You know, the, the Bible never promises us Christianity isn't like, great. Now my life is going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, walking with Jesus, there's trials, there's long suffering, there's persecution, there's things we do not understand. And 
I really feel called to speak into some of that and to kind of lift this notion that, you know, serving God is anything you want, you ask him and he's like a genie in a bottle and you're just going to get it. I actually think we become more like him and get to know him more in the hard seasons, in the valleys. Mm -hmm. So it's my greatest honor to actually be sharing this part of my journey um, with people. And, And the response has been overwhelming to just know how many people are wrestling in a hopeless situation and to be able to remind them that like I was there I remember how dark it got like hopelessness is so sad but there is an answer but there is a way out but there is victory on the other side so I really hope to um I guess just really kind of like piss the enemy off if I can say that <laughs> yes. by sharing I mean, yeah, I you can. That. by sharing by sharing my testimony that God does heal and you can overcome and you don't have to stay stuck mm-hmm. and you really can live your best life and even in the in-between um, and in those hard seasons there's purpose and that that is what I want to convey in this new season And I actually really enjoyed when you use a statement like that God's not a genie in a bottle. That's something I I know it's like, well, obviously, but in in the last like 10 years of my life, I've been learning that because I I sort of, I, I mistook what faith looked like or what it meant to have faith in God and request things. Um, so yeah. I really love how you phrased it because I, I don't feel like it's, well, at least for me, I, I hadn't heard people talk like that before. Um, yeah. I, I just assumed that it was a lack of faith if things didn't turn out exactly the way I expected. Um, and that's yeah. not how God works. So Exactly. Um, can you tell me a little bit, uh, as much as you're comfortable, um, about your journey um, with Lyme disease and how you were actually healed? Yeah. Um, so this is a new part of my story that I'm getting used to sharing. And um, I think I had navigated it for a lot longer than I actually knew I had it mm-hmm. and just kind of chalked up symptoms to, oh, you're touring a lot, oh, jet lag, oh, now you're working for a you know, you're helping a pioneer church and, you know, just in the beginning just did it because I loved it, then was hired on staff and, you know, there's a lot that comes with that and so I think I just thought, maybe I'm getting older and, like, this is how people feel. (laughs) I don't know. I was doing all this 
heart work because, you know, there were some areas in life I was disappointed in. And I just felt very whole in a lot of ways, but physically felt off all the time. And um, finally, I, I think I lost my push. Like, I kept push, push, pushing. And I think it's the grace of God that, like, I couldn't push anymore. Um, but I really hit rock bottom um, in 2018. And it, it really manifested itself um, as a neurological Lyme disease infection. And I, if I understand it correctly, the reason I had such painful, painful headaches and inflammation in my brain, and it was because of the, the Lyme disease infection. So it, it took a while for us to figure out what was triggering all that. And I will say um, chronic pain is awful day in and day out I I think back to that season and just every day I would wake up and be like this is the day I'm gonna feel clear-headed and my brain isn't gonna feel like it's gonna explode and then the next day would come and the next day would come and it would be the same and that really it took me to a low place in a dark place emotionally and whoo that's a whole nother story um but the, the way I got healed, I mean, I had everyone and their brother laying hands on me. You know, I'm praying all the healing scriptures. I'm doing everything I know to do as a follower of Jesus, you know, yeah. and worship music 24-7. And, you know, I went to the, these incredible healing rooms and just, you know, I did everything. And finally, it was through a friend. I found a clinic in um, New York. And they're a little bit more holistic in nature, and they're kind of doing things out, outside the box a little bit. They they do treat chronic illness and, and Lyme's disease, and it was there that um, finally they, they did this real specific blood test, and the doctor came in and just, like, read my mail. I mean, it was Whoa. like, you have this, 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 this. And I was just crying, saying, well, if you can help me, help me. And um, it really, it took a while. I was, I was, it was in New York. I was back and forth um, from Boston to New York, where my family lives, for about three months. And it was definitely an investment in many ways, time, finance, belief, you know, just trusting these people. Um, but it worked. And uh, I got a clean bill of health. Actually, when I left, they say we do not detect any Lyme um, in your body anymore. But that was the beginning of the healing journey. And I think they said it's going to take a while now for your body to rejuvenate. It could take up to a year. And it really did take a while. And I've had to really change my lifestyle a little bit. Not that I was ever like a crazy like party or anything like that by any means. I've actually lived a very healthy lifestyle. But I've had to really make health a priority mm -hmm. and just um so yeah so I am healed and free of Lyme's disease and and whole thank the Lord and just really trusting God for for this story to get out because I do I do want to help other people that feel stuck and trapped in Lyme disease
you're beautiful Though he knows the secrets hidden in your soul You've never told And he holds you by the hand I know it's hard to understand He won't let go He won't let go If you could see the way he looks at you Hear him whisper to your heart Like a prince who's come to rescue you He's been there from the start How he loves you Just the way you are <laughs> Yeah, I think um, chronic illness and Lyme, disease, and Lyme disease is something that I've had a few friends experience um, and it's, it's just something that I think that I know I couldn't, couldn't fully comprehend unless I'd yeah. been through it, like the physical and the emotional toll and the fact that it displaces yeah. everything in your life. Um, yeah, would just, it really does. <laughs> yeah. how, how did you um, keep your faith in God's goodness and the goodness of his character when you were going through this? You know, I do feel like that was challenged the most, and I can see how the enemy sneaks in with, is God really good? You know, you serve, you've served him faithfully, you know, all these lies and just um, the little the accuser. You know, the Bible says the enemy is the accuser, and these little accusations against the character and the nature of God, and I would just have to constantly come back to how faithful God had been in my past, in my present, and how faithful I knew he would be in the future. So for me, that was rehearsing the ways I had seen God personally be faithful to me in my life. And I mean, we could sit on this call for hours, you know, and <laughs> talk about his goodness and his kindness. And, you know, I love this scripture that says it's it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And I remember where I was at at 21 when I met him. And I will never forget that first encounter of his love. And so I would remember what he's done. I would remember all the amazing God opportunities and dreams that he he really fulfilled at a young age, you know. And so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of um, permission from the Lord to dream into my future even though I felt stuck and in such a dark place, I can remember I would daily like just try to think of one thing I'm going to do when I'm healthy again. You know, maybe it's um, go on an epic sunset bike ride, something I personally love, or travel to Italy again, or, you know, like it, it was just all these things that I felt permission to keep looking forward, to keep my eyes on the healing and not where my current situation was. Yeah, I hear that. Were you writing through your illness or did the majority of the album come afterwards, after your healing happened? Some of it came before, which is really cool because um, some of the songs in The Waiting, I I wasn't even talking about health issues. That was a whole other topic and desire of the heart that I'm singing about, but it, it so works now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I had actually written the chorus of All Things for My Good, 
mm-hmm. prior to really, really getting sick. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, some of it was written after. So it, it's a real mixture of before, during, um, and after. The song with Danny Goki, Just the Way You Are, that was written years ago, but it wasn't recorded until the pandemic. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's really, really cool. What what was the hardest song to write in terms of, like, what it cost you personally? Mm, that's such a good question. Yeah, there's a cost for anything that is of value, like, heart-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. I, love that, I love that you brought that up. Um, hmm. I, I think, for me... The song that I I resonate the most with um, in terms of the cost would be um, probably You Are Able. And it's just because to me, you can praise before you have your breakthrough and and you can worship in the valley. And I remember writing that one during a time that there were just some things had nothing to do with health, had nothing to do with singleness. There were some things I didn't understand, the ways of God and decisions that were being made. And mm-hmm. I can remember him just saying, nothing is wasted here. Like nothing has been overlooked in your life. Um, no detail. And almost like him asking me, how well are you going to steward this season, even though it's not what you thought mm-hmm. and even though it's not what you would have wanted. So there is a real cost, I think, um, to that declaration of faith because I didn't see it in the moment and I didn't feel it in the moment but I wanted to sing it out and I wanted to declare that um, God can do anything he can move any mountains that he is able and uh, it's so cool now to sing it because now I sing it from a a health victory Mm -hmm. but I didn't even know I was going to need those lyrics in this season (laughs) so that's kind of a personal one yeah absolutely the season ways from the outsider looking in you've ticked so many boxes in terms of what you've achieved in your career and in your life um and you you carry yourself with so much grace and dignity um as a leader how do you define success now um with this new album with life in 2020 what does it mean to you now um in contrast to maybe what it meant to you when you were first signed to a record label? 
Oh, it's so different. <laughs> I think maturity will do that, huh? And I think just wisdom and perspective and the things that I cared about in my like mid twenties with music, I literally am like, Oh my gosh, why did I even worry about that or care about that? <laughs> you know? Um, I, I mean, I genuinely have always loved people deeply and love God deeply. Um, I really just, I, my greatest part is just that these songs would help those that are walking through what I walked through in 2018. And the kind of like the Christian music, I want to be careful here because I I am kind of part of it, but not like, I don't know. I just want to be careful here, but I I just, I don't know how kingdom it really is that like, we're trying to be these, I don't know. There's the element of artistry and being an artist, yes. But honestly, to me, even at a very young age, even at even I do believe with my first albums, I've just always felt more of like a minister of the gospel than wanting to be some cool songwriter, singer, artist. I really want to see people just encounter his hope. And that's not a slam to like the incredible, cool artists that we have in Christian music, but I just, I don't think we're going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to be like, oh man, your single didn't go top 10 or, oh, you didn't get a dove award. Like, I think it's going to be more like, wow, there was that widow that was driving home and slipped in your CD and heard that song and encountered my love. That mattered, you know, or I just, I, I'm, I'm living for those stories now. Like, I love when I get a message from someone, like, recently it was a young girl who has been just waiting through chronic illness, and her story just touched me so deeply, and I thought I had it bad, but, man, she's had a real rough go. And um, just to know that these songs are offering her hope and giving her strength to get through another day, like... You know, when, when you don't feel good for that long, you can go to some dark places and to know that maybe that one little lyric and that one little song boosted her up in that moment to to not make a silly decision. Um, yeah. That's the stuff that, those are the things that I'm praying in this season and that's what holds weight to me now. And although I hope it did when I was releasing my first album in my, in my 20s, I do think there was also, of course, that element of like, Oh, you know, I hope all these other things happen that mm-hmm. I, I don't really care about now. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. You are writing a book at the moment. Is that, can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, um, it's, it's not solidified. I thought it was and it keeps changing mm-hmm. and I've been working with a, uh, a book agent. And so I think it's going to be a lot of, Um, just my journey in waiting seasons and in between seasons and how to navigate that well. My health journey will absolutely be in there. Um, I feel like it's going to just be a fresh take on kind of what to do when, when your promise hasn't been fulfilled yet and how to live fully in the in-between space. Um, so it's, it's been fun. I've just started picking it back up again because the album kind of distracted me. And now yeah. it's been all album, album, album stuff. And so I'm really hoping um, 
kind of this back half of 2020 to dig into that more. And, it, you know, our hope is to have it out by the, by the fall um, 2021 tour. So I don't think I'll have it for spring touring, yeah. but that's okay. So yeah, I am working on my first book, which that's is so exciting. another God thing because I've never pegged myself as an author, but throughout my years, I would get so many um, words from people that there's a book in you, there's a book coming out. And I always kind of felt God on that. Like, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Especially when I started speaking more at events and whatnot, I, I started realizing there's a real need for the message to be written as well. If I were to be honest Based on what I see Sometimes I start to question What you've said to me even through my doubt and fear, I have your promises, so I will hope what I don't see yet. can't wait to read that book because I can certainly use it right now so So there is definitely a need trust me on that one yeah yeah Yeah. and honestly I mean I know we're just chatting about our age and our seasons prior to the interview but yeah like I hope to encourage people in your season because I remember what it was like when I was your age and just having to navigate some some different things and you know things of the heart and things with God and so I hope maybe some of my years of wrestling it out sometimes well and sometimes really poorly. I'm not a perfect person by any means. Um, hopefully those stories will encourage you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, so my popcorn questions are things that I'm curious about or maybe if like someone saw you on the street, they may just want to randomly know. So. Okay. My first question for you, what has been the biggest pinch me moments? in your career? Oh, the biggest pinch me moment in my career. I used to say it was when I got to sing background. I was part of like, uh, what do you call it? There are like four of us uh, at the Dove Awards with Michael W. Smith. That counts. That, yeah, and that was really an amazing um, moment for me because I always love Michael W. Smith's music. Um, I think recently I got to be part of Sean, I always say his name wrong, Foot or Foot's um, Hold the Line, Let Us Worship event. Oh, yes, the other day. Past weekend. Yeah, and that was just like a real God wink in terms of here I am in Nashville, um, all the churches came together, and just to be able to lead out at the end um, in a place I've lived for so long. Um, it just, it felt like a real special, special night. And even like, uh, almost like the start of a new season of being healthy and whole. And it was, 
I mean, it was amazing. There were so many people there, and it was just ecstatic. Like, the energy was amazing. So that, I mean, that was a little bit of a pinch-me moment that I haven't, I still have to process a little bit. Yeah. Um, and there's been, you know, some backlash with, you know, the COVID stuff and masks and, you know, mm-hmm. people upset that not everybody was in masks, but it was a pinch-me moment for sure, yeah. minus all that. No, that's amazing. Um. <laughs> Of all the, let's say, worship songs in the world, what song do you wish you wrote personally? Oh, How Great Is Our God by Chris Tomlin. Yes. Excellent answer. I love, I, I love the classic worship songs. I love melodies that are beautiful but simple lyrics that you can hear one time and not have to look at the screen again Amen. <laughs> um, I love worship songs that point us to God not ourselves we are we are certainly all enough self-focused <laughs> like I don't want to think about me during worship I want to think about who he is and what God has done and so that song just resonates so deeply with me and man I wish I had written that one <laughs> <laughs> yes um, and my last question for you, if you could go back to the day before you were signed to Centricity for the first time, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Mm. Enjoy every season that comes with that and don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> yeah. Have fun along the way. Yeah, like have fun. I feel like I was so focused on my career for so long. Now I feel like I'm kind of living my my best days. Um, I'm still very focused on ministry in my career, but I think there's more balance than I had in my younger days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. just as warm and bubbly and as lovely as she appears over over audio she's just um, a really kind genuine person and I know multiple people who have a huge respect for her who call her a friend um, and it was such a privilege to be able to chat with her to chat with one of the trailblazing women in in contemporary Christian worship over the last couple of decades. Thank you for opening up, Jamie. Thank you for telling your story about hurt and pain and healing. Uh, it's something, in, in lots of ways, it's something I can relate to and I am really grateful for that. 
Guys, if you loved what you heard today, please go and buy or stream Jamie's new album, All Things. You will find it on any music streaming platform. You can also connect with Jamie on her social media to let her know how much you loved hearing her story today. Now, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Jamie Jamgoshen. Are you ready? I'm going to spell it for you if you don't want to click on the links in our show notes, okay? Jamie's name is spelled J-A-I-M-E-J-A-M-G-O-C-H-I-A-N at Jamie Jam Goshen. You can find her website literally by just looking up www.jamiejam.com. Remember that's Jamie, J-A-I-M-E. I was particularly excited to hear the song Beautiful Story on this record because it was originally recorded by Mia Felds with The Belonging Co on their original album. And that song meant an awful lot to me when I first moved to Nashville. So it's really cool to hear this rendition of it from someone who has a whole lot more life experience than me and can speak to that with wisdom and grace um, and teach me a lot. I hope that you guys are encouraged today. I hope that um, it fueled you with some excitement. Personally, my favorite part was when Jamie say, asked if she could say that she wanted to piss off the devil. And I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> oh man, this is, piss off is a very Aussie expression um, and probably not something that we say all the time, but I, it was delightful. Sorry, thank you, Jamie. Uh, guys, that is all I have for you this week. Please make sure that you go and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so the next episode arrives in your feed on Friday. We are speaking to the crew at Canyon Worship. We're hearing about some upcoming singer-songwriters who have put together a beautiful album as they prepare to serve the church and to make it in Christian music and really just talk about growth and life. It's going to be really exciting. If you want to connect with me, I would genuinely love that. You can find me on Instagram at Jessica K. Morris. You can also find the podcast on social media at Between You Me Pod. Please go and check us out. Please give us a like, share the page, all those fun things. We post new releases of the week. We have some snippets from every episode. We talk about our highlights. It's a real good time. You can also find us online at betweenyouandmepod.com if you want a little bit more information about us. That is all I have for this week, friends. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful to be here. Grateful that we can do the hard waiting things together grateful that we are continuing to survive 2020 and that we are finding good things in it my name is jessica morris here's to hope oh i can feel redemption on the wind forgiveness like the tide rolling in Shame has lived Receiving all that you died to give Let the wind blow Let the tide roll To the earth knows You are God of love Oh
God of love.